Hello everyone, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. Welcome to the episode number 38 of the Skate Talks with a Wheel Addict. Yep, I'm back. It's not even a week since I've done the last one of these. And it kind of feels like since I bought this new gear to make the podcasts, everything just became easier to make them. If you listen to the last two of these podcasts, these Skate Talks with a Wheel Addict, I present you to a new segment called Geeking Out. But today, today it's going to be different because today, well, today we are going to have the geek himself, the real skate geek himself with us during the whole episode. Camille, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. It's, I, I'm always happy to talk to you. I'm always, I always feel like I'm learning something. And sometimes, you know what? What I feel about you is like sometimes it's not even about learning, but it's like, it, sometimes it's not about something new, but it's stating the type of things that I somehow once went through my head, but I never even gave them any importance, if that makes sense. And then you come and you have like resolutions for everything. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I must say that I kind of feel the same. Like uh, it's important to have a different point of view on certain things and like, uh, when we exchange ideas, uh, a lot of ideas are, you know, like sparking in my mind. So, yeah, so like a couple of weeks or a couple of months, basically, we have had a, like a short conversation about like uh, the frames and you have implanted the idea in my head, actually, why not try longer frames on the free skating setup? Because you have said like you you like the 90 millimeter wheels now mm -hmm. so like i went for it and i learned something new something exciting and actually we will talk about it later because first comes first yeah and you wanted to talk about the new world record for the Power hour, which was done by Felix, and I won't. No, 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 no. I only speak with you if you know. Wait, wait. Sorry to interrupt. I only speak with you if you know how to say his last name. Otherwise, I'm not even talking. <laughs> Please try. <laughs> yeah, it's it's range. I would say range, Felix Rain. Rain. I don't know, man. Felix. Right. And I honestly, I know who Felix is, but I'm not quite sure which nationality he is. No, no, so, he's German, man. Right? He's, he's, he's German. He's, he's, he's the the power slide golden child, man. He's been on, he's been yeah. on the power slide team since he was a very, very tiny kid. He's been doing the all the German speed skating teams since he was very young. Yeah. And he basically won everything he could. So, because he won everything he could... And not just because of that, but we will get we will get there in a second. But yeah, yeah, let let so just to keep I, the I, let's I, just to keep the thought going. Basically, he won everything, so now he wanted to to break a new world record, and I think it's a very 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 important thing for inland skating, especially for inland speed skating. And the two reasons why I think this, you know, why 
it's to start with like speed skating was suffering has been suffering a lot with this with this lockdown the um, i think it's one of the 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 parts of skating i, don't, I wouldn't say the parts of skating the um, disciplines of of skating that it's suffering the most one of those because speed skaters need to compete yeah. and that's how they get their motivations that's what they train for and basically their world championships no, their european championships got cancelled then the world championships yeah. just got cancelled too even the world roller games have been postponed one year they were supposed to be in 2021 in argentina and i think they they now in 2022 so i, I see these as a very important step from Felix because it's going to bring something new to skating and it's also something that it's huge in cycling <laughs> yeah like, uh, funny that you have mentioned uh, uh, the fact that everything got cancelled in speed skating because today I was uh, speaking with Mirek from Head on Skate and he's, he's coming he, here next week <laughs> Yes, oh, to the Portugal. So, yeah, so I was actually seeing him because he uh, he's from uh, Rzeszów, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, a, a town like the uh, east of Krakow, where I live. And uh, my uh, my wife is from the area nearby Rzeszów, and we were at uh, my parents-in-law mm -hmm. over there for, for a weekend. And... I needed to meet up with Mirek. We wanted to arrange a meeting in Krakow on Monday, but it turned out like he was also in Rzeszów. So yeah, so we <laughs> just meet up there. So yeah, so I was speaking to him today and we were talking about the state of mothers in the industry and like everything got cancelled. But you know, like things are rolling <laughs> yeah they are rolling very good that's what i'm saying they are rolling very good for certain disciplines yeah but i think that the speed skating, speed skating is in a pretty bad position right now because all of the compensation got cancelled but at the same time it's not alone you you know like the freestyle slalom the inline alpine Uh, which is, I, I would say, it's even bigger blow to the inline alpine guys because uh, the, um, this is a pretty new discipline. Like, uh, you know, like the alpine skiing. Yes, like I, I spoke about alpine it on the last episode. Yeah. I spoke about it on yeah, the last like, like, so this this is a pretty new stuff in, um, in inline skating. And, uh, you know, like a lot of talent uh, is... I would say at the beginning of the road to the being professional mm -hmm. inline skater, skater in this discipline, and then like everything got cancelled, so it's even like worse than in case of speed skating. I wouldn't say worse, and the reason why I wouldn't say worse is like imagine speed skating has been on the top, like in in two, like around two thousand and two, two thousand and three. They used to call the golden years for for inline speed skating, you had people living large, like proper living large. Yeah, the guy called Chad Edrick. It was, Chad Edrick was basically, he was the person that created the double push. 
and he could live good. He he was world champion. I don't know over sixty times, and he had his own videos and he wrote his own books and whatever. And he was living good, really good from speed skating. And what I'm trying to say here is that back then speed skating was popular in some parts of the world. Nowadays, it still is in places like Colombia. It's still like a huge sport. But the whole lockdown actually threw a lot of people down. And we're talking about there's already professionals. The sorry, the the alpine inland skating that you were saying. If they're still growing, there's still no people. I would say that probably there's not a lot of people living from it already now in. Inline speed skating, there's a couple yeah, of brands and a couple of things that depend on it. Yeah, what what I had in mind was more like the the uh, inline alpine is still in like it's still early stage. Like, and if they get their wings cut uh, so early, they may not recover. Like, okay. it may like be a huge impact for the progression of of the sport like i think that the speed, speed skating even though that it is not as big as it used to be like they already have the infrastructure in place like mm-hmm. uh, there are many clubs all over the world like uh, in every major european city there is probably some speed skating club uh, at least here in Poland, and I think that in Italy, for example, uh, there are. And, uh, you know, like, th- those people won't just stop skating because one season got cancelled. So mm, It's different. It's huh? more like... It's, I, w- I was actually speaking, I've been doing this podcast, there's this YouTube channel from Portugal called Patinagem de Velocidade Portugal, which is Speed Skating Portugal. But we've been interviewing like speed skating teams from all over the world. We already interviewed the Italian team, which we had three skaters and one coach. Last week we had Felix, two other skaters, which is the fastest two skaters from from Germany, which is Simon Albrecht and Leticia Schimek, and the coach, uh, Bent Rumpus. And we've been interviewing a couple of teams from all over the world. And one of the things that it seems like it's, it's consistent with all of them is like obviously these top skaters they keep skating because they have their own trains to do alone but in general when you're not at this level you used to you used to train with a team and most of the teams most of the teams at the moment are not allowed by the governments to skate together because as an example in Portugal each coach can have a maximum of five skaters so when you're talking about a young like the young skate schools that you could have 20, 30, 40, 50, this could affect them a lot. So somehow yeah, could affect skating. But true. that's why I saw the light <laughs> in the end of the tunnel with this, <laughs> with this power hour because, again, it's bringing something new and it's a different way of competition. We don't know. We don't know this, this thing that it's happening. We don't know when it's going to go away or if it's ever gonna, if we're ever going to have a solution. But this could be a, a, a solution for that solution, if that makes sense. I would say that what Felix did is even more amazing when you consider that uh, the dream of uh, like skating a marathon under one hour has never been closer. Like 
it's basically the holy grail of the speed skaters. But they right? did it. You you know the so, best time on the marathon, right? They do fifty six minutes. Yeah, like, but it's not not that common, you know. Like, and then, yeah. you know, you know, like because. It also depends on the track, obviously, or on the elevation, of on the surface type, and so and you know, like the the fact that Felix like pushed, he had a time limit, one hour, and like he did the thirty nine and something kilometers. It, he was he was less than alpha lap. He was seventy meters away from doing forty kilometers. In one hour, yeah, yes. Yeah, Some like, people might be thinking that, yeah, but there, there's been guys that did 42 kilometers in 56 minutes, which is Bart Swings did that time like three years ago. Yeah. But the thing is, it's completely different. Like the circuit in in Berlin, it's completely different. It's it's completely it's a, it's very flat, and that there's some downs if that makes sense and. It's different when you compete with a lot of people, of course. Yeah, I, I think that to get the like comparable results, you would need to have the skaters competing on the same track at least. So yeah, so you. But even then, like there, are, apart from the skater himself or herself, because. You never know it may be a woman to break the new next record. She also did. There was also but a woman doing it. There was also a woman doing it. Uh, her name is Maraka. Is she's from Germany too. And she also broke the the woman world record, our world record that used to be um since the nineties, if I'm not mistaken. It was done in quads. I don't wanna say maybe I'm saying something wrong, but I think in it quads, was from oh. the ninety in quads with seventy millimeter wheels from a Dutch skater. And she broke it, she did thirty-four point something. Now Felix, the most amazing thing for me, I don't think no one did it in purpose, but Felix being so close to the forty kilometers, marketing wise for this event, it's going to be even better. Because it was 70 meters away, you know, below the 40 kilometers. Yeah. Now there's a barrier that people want to break. And yeah, like, but as I said, like, I, I think that it would be even like cooler if they would came up with the like standardized circuit. So like every skater have the same playground, like. You know what I'm saying. But it, no, yeah, I get it. But that's what I was saying too, because it's it's actually closer because this event was officialized by World Skate, which is the federation that approved these type of things. And now the track where this was done in Germany, um, what's the name of the track, dude? I I don't know why I'm not remembering the name of the track. I usually do. Uh, come on, um, Giesingen. It was done in Giesingen. And that track is like a very known track, but at the same time, the distance is standard. The um, I don't know the layer that it, there's a there's a company called Vejmaku that does the the material on top of most the speed skating tracks worldwide. So it's actually kind of standard. It's kind of standard if that makes sense to you. So that could be a good yeah. thing. I think they whatever is coming next needs to be approved by world skate 
So let's see who's the next one. <laughs> yeah, like happy to wait for the next. Like you know, maybe if the events cannot be as big as before, like th this would be an alternative form of comp competing, like people racing against other people's times, basically. Like, you know. Yeah, you, you know right. Strava, right? You know Strava. Yeah. Yeah. So try to Google Felix. I don't know his last name. Reasoning, reasoning, reasoning. Try to to Google his name, and you will find Felix is actually a stra a stra. He has a Strava Pro cyclist profile, and he he actually has like very good positions because you know like most of the speed skaters they train on bikes, and obviously when you have a goal you become better. That's the way it is when you have a goal that you want to break. And having this goal that, like, I'm comparing this, like, cycling with skating because what Felix did was, like, he set a goal for a lot of people to now put their skates on and now put the watch and let's see how far I can go in one hour. And then no, this, is, this would be the goal. So that's, I think this, it could be a very cool thing to make... Not just speed skaters, even for fitness skaters, like the ones that take it a little bit more serious. You know, when you go run, like, what's my pace? <laughs> I don't run, but... <laughs> yeah. You know, what's just, what idea has just sparked in my mind? Like, I, I now I'm wondering how all of this will affect the uh, ice speed skating, because obviously a lot of uh, inline speed skaters are also... Uh, competing on ice. Yeah. You know uh, why? So, you know why? Did you ever thought why? There's much more money. <laughs> in the yes. Yes, but most of the most of the <laughs> most of the athletes, what is the biggest dream for most athletes? It's to become an Olympian athlete. And yeah, uh, inline speed skating has been told for over 15 years. Over over 15 years they've been told that there, there's a possibility for inline speed skating to become an Olympic sport. And they've been hearing that for so many times. And the, um, the Youth Olympic Games, I think it was two years ago or something like that in Argentina. World Games. No, 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 no. no. The Youth yeah. Olympic Games, something like that. Uh, youth. Okay. Yeah, the Youth Olympic. It's just like that's where they put some sports that they think they can one day become Olympic sports. You see, it's kind of like a preparation for being an Olympic sport. And on the last one, on the last ones in Argentina, they put speed skating just with the younger ages, and apparently it didn't went that well. So the Olympic Committee is not that happy with it. And from what I've heard from several sources, it seems like it's getting darker and darker for inland skating to become an Olympic sport. With this being said... I guess you start understanding why these sportsmen that are amazing, they've been training their whole lives, are, and they look at ice and they see all the those skaters being recognized for something. Yeah, they, they, they want to try too, because it's something somehow similar, but at the same time very far. Yeah, like, you know, like some of the best uh, speed skaters in, in my country are also competing on ice and uh, you know like we we have a few who are like really really good on wheels but also compete 
uh, on ice and went to the Olympics uh, representing Poland. So, you know, like, well, this is simply how it goes. And like, But let me tell you, I, if they went to the Olympics, they need to be very good because the minimums for the Olympics are not easy at all. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, like, they... I think that there are also people who like start with the inline speed skating and then they move onto the ice, if that makes sense, and then they just stop competing in inline, just use it like a form of training off season, but they yeah, are not actively competing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can happened. give you a couple of examples of people that are not as active on inline skates. Did you ever heard of Joey Mantaya? Joey Mantaya is probably... Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw him. <laughs> Those huge legs that you see on skates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the first example I had in my mind was, was Joey. Like, yeah, it's, when he went on the ice, basically, like, he, he stopped. Like, I wouldn't say that he completely stopped, but he... He still does down. it. He still does it. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> let me let me tell you to Google something and to everyone listening to this, please Google Joy Mantaya. He became active on his YouTube channel about two weeks ago. And if you don't know who Joy Mantaya is, he's basically is someone that has like a huge leg, but he's an amazing skater. He was an amazing skater as an inline speed skater. He became an Olympian athlete. He's like, I think he actually got like an Olympic medal for the USA like on the last Olympic Games. I'm not sure. I don't want to confirm something that it's not true. But he just, he, he, he works with companies for all his image and all that stuff. So now he just got his, his YouTube channel active again. And he has like a production company, company doing the videos for him. So about two weeks ago, he just dropped a new video teaching how to do the double push. It's by far the best video that I've ever seen. Not just because of the production value of the video, but the way it speaks about some things. It, I don't know, maybe not everyone is going to understand it because maybe not everyone is so much into skating, especially speed skating. But there's some things that like, even some, I don't know how to explain, some words that he used to describe certain things that make a lot of sense and will make it easier for you to understand. Just make me understand how bad I skate, actually. <laughs> it's the truth. It's actually yeah. the truth. Okay. Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> you, you know, like... Uh, the, the funny part about skating is, like, there are so many, uh, like, ver varieties of inline skating or skating in general even including the quad skating, that even if you are very, very good in one particular way, it, it is perfectly yeah. possible to be rubbish in the Of course, other man. Areas. Just, just, give me, <laughs> just give me a hockey stick. Give me a hockey stick and you'll see pure rubbish. But I can, like, I can give you just, I can resume what I just said about Joe Mantaya's video to one thing. Obviously, there's a lot more into it. But you know, when you see someone skating, it should be, a cycle, you know, the movement of skating should be like a cycle. When you do it, when there's a cycle, there shouldn't be movements that are ever faster or more powerful. Because if there's a more powerful movement, the right, the next moment in the cycle, it's going to be 
a recovery. And recoveries are usually coming back from a lower speed to get the same speed. It, does that make sense to what I'm saying? Imagine if you do a faster movement within your skating stride, you're doing it wrong. Everything should be done at the same pace with the same power. And that's what it becomes hard because what you think, at least what I think a lot of times try to do is if I try to skate faster, I end up trying to push a bit harder on my on the inside edge when I do that push, that stride. But that's wrong because when you do it, you, you're spending a lot of energy and what comes next, it's recovering. So the whole thing that he, he talks about, it's how, how much it should be smooth as a cycle. And he talks about a couple of things that yeah. make so much sense. Like, I actually want to go out and skate. I just wish my days had more than 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, like it's it basically it's called technique. Like. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. But I, yeah, I, I trained so, technique for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, like there, there are people who can like power through to certain level like they barely use any technique at all like they they are strong enough to you know push hard with really bad technique and go fast but the this approach has its limits and this is more obvious when people get older a lot yeah, of older of skaters <laughs> of but... course cannot <laughs> skate at the cannot skate at the same le level as they could but thanks to the technique they can still outrun many younger skaters who have rubbish technique so a very good example yeah, would be so. pascal Brian. do you know pascal Brian? he also has a youtube channel he's very active and he he actually took the spot that was owned by scott remember scott arlit right yeah Okay, so Scott so, left to New Zealand and now we have Pascal Briand taking care of the speed skating for Power Slide. He's the team manager. He he was a world champion a couple of times too and he has a very good technique. He still skates with the top guys in a marathon. He doesn't go there to win, but he's usually in the first, I don't know, maybe 20 or something, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Amazing. Let me just tell you some, one, one other thing that will make people understand a bit more about skating technique and then we can move to other topic. And that would be, I always compare yeah. skating to swimming. The one that glides the best with each push in the water, it's the one that swims the better, the best. But you can't imagine if you just push and if the other arm or if the other part of your body isn't doing some part of the movement, you're going to end up go fast and then slow, and then fast and then slow. But swimming, it's again like skating and like cycling should be like a cycle, a cycle movement. So the whole thing should be happening all the time with the same effort. So it's a bit like that. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain with words. And my skating doesn't show it too, so <laughs> that video was clearly yeah. very well done. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of funny because I remember reading somewhere, like it was several years ago, I don't know who wrote this. I think that it could be uh, Joe from Mushroom Blading, but I'm not quite sure that... Uh, 
the inline skating is the closest thing for humans to flying. Like the each stride, each push is like flapping the wings of, of a bird. Like this is the closest thing that humans can have can have to, to flying. So I I completely agree agree with those words. Like it's the same sensation basically. You are using your body to go fast to, pro <laughs> to propel yourself <laughs> to prepare yourself yeah to prepare yourself to, to generate the force that push you forward so, but you know why i yeah, use that no. word do you know why i use propel because that those were the wheels that felix used for that oh, yeah. and you know what you know have you ever seen what those wheels do that is like but Aren't those the one that you should only use yes. <laughs> when skating in one direction? Like. Yes, yes. Those wheels, the like. propel is called propel because they will propel you when you turn left. And those yeah. wheels are made to turn left, which is how crazy the technology in skating went. <laughs> Just I wonder, I wonder why most races, you know, like on, on the track, like the in the... You, on, you only track. go in one way. You only go one way. Yeah, you. It's, it's always left. Why? Well, it's the same with a with a Formula One race. Did you ever saw anyone going the other way? I know there's left and turn. There's left and right turns, but they only do it one way. Did you ever saw the NASCAR go the other way around? What they do in yeah, speed skating is on trains. When they train they do some compensation laps on the other side. They need to. Otherwise, their bodies would be completely... Which they are most of the times, but they would be even more asymmetrical, which would be dangerous for their lives. Yeah, but but I wonder why it's to the left, not to the right. Like, you know, m most people are right-handed. Like, I, I do not have any kind of... a issue with turning left because I am left-handed uh, and my dominant side is left actually so so yeah so it's natural for me to also speak but I don't think like it's natural for people who are right-handed to to go left so I always wondered why it was chosen that it would be to the left not to the That's right cool. why <laughs> it started that way i don't know why but i can tell you that because of speed skating and i started very early i do royale with my main foot like my royale foot is usually the right one but when i slide <laughs> i slide better with my left foot being the royale one if you can call it that way because of so many years of speed skating and so many uh, when you when you race not on a track but when you race on road you also turn left and sometimes it's a very slim road and you go down the road straight and then you need to turn around the cone and come up and a lot of times you lose a little bit of traction you know and that's how I first had my co first contacts with sliding because you're doing that very tight turn and sometimes you feel it like kind of like drifting a little bit and then you need to control it and then you come and that's that was my first experiences with sliding a long time ago and then when i really wanted to start sliding i at first tried to do them as royales like going and jumping and putting my feet on that position which not very successful 
And then when you start realizing, wait, maybe it's just a turn, just a tight turn, and then you just need to release the weight here and spin your hips and blah, blah, blah. And that's when I started getting it. So maybe we need to understand who's the the person that makes us all turn left because he's for sure the reason why I slide this way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the goal that we, what we wanted to speak today was long frames right yeah long frames like the speed skating ones also but not only the the speed skating i wanted to talk about the uh, long frames in free skating actually and let me just maybe start with what i learned go like, for it everything everything that you've been told that long frames are hard to turn and they are not very agile is simply a lie, <laughs> I would say. Like it's, it's a one big lie. No, it depends. And, you know, if, you have, if you have one wheel in front, one wheel in the back, two wheels only, and if it's a long distance, it would be hard to turn. Yeah, it will, it will be hard. But if you have like three wheels or four wheels, I don't think that it's an issue at all. And, you know, it's funny because uh, I've been thinking that 490 is a little bit of overkill already for the urban skating. And now I am skating a setup which is with like 30 centimeter and half long frame and <laughs> i'm absolutely loving it like yeah so this this frame this frame is an x frame from power slide and it's it's an old frame for the 195 mounting system but not the standard one i would say like the slot for the uh, for the bolt goes in the opposite direction like it's in line with the wheels mm -hmm. not across so you know like the frame gives you possibility to adjust uh, back and and forward yes and you know like thanks to this uh, the closest spacing you, you the smallest spacing you have between the balls is 185 and this is the same spacing that you can put on the imperial if you will put, yeah on the imperial boot in my size at least because this is not working for all sides so i put this frame on the on the boot and put in the 80 millimeters wheels because funny enough even though it is the 90 mini in uh, 90 millimeters um wheel frame it won't work with the imperials like you there is not enough clearance between the a frame and the boot to allow for the 90 millimeter wheels. Uh, Have you tried 84s? Does, Maybe you know, 84s would be the perfect. Yeah, I tried. It uh, 84s do not fit either. Like I put in the um, fresh set of wheels, and uh, it, it's like two millimeters gap between the underside of the boot above the second wheel. So yeah like it, it just won't work so 80 millimeters that is but i am absolutely loving this setup and you know 
I've been skating the 80s in the past, and my relationship with 80 millimeters wheels was always like a bit on and off. Like I skated those initially when I got my first pair of the free skates. It was the Power State Metro in 2009, I think, the very first version, and it it just wasn't good quality skate. They have improved this uh, a lot over the years, but at first it just wasn't very good. So I simply got myself the Fusion 84 a year later, which came with the four times 84 millimeters wheels. So it was 255 frame. Mm -hmm. And I have never looked back since like, I've tried the, uh, like the shorter frame, frame 243 millimeters, several times. I agree. I but you really also have long feet. That's the thing. Yeah, but but you know, like a lot of people skate short frames with feet in my size. Yeah, so but that's. I think that's the problem really... that we have. Yeah, it's, it's sure, but you know, like the the you know, Ricardo, do you know how? Uh, we ended up with every manufacturer's making the uh, 240 I know, I know. It's called Google. Frame. It's called Google. And Google <laughs> says, Google states that the best uh, skate to start learning is four times 80 millimeters. And that, that's where the biggest lie is because not everyone has the same foot size. And the, and the four times yeah. 80 millimeters, 243 for a size European 36, it will feel completely different from a size 45 with a 243 millimeter frame. It's just... It... Yeah, exactly. But there's a little bit more of a story to it. Like uh, at the beginning of two, uh, 2000, so at the beginning of century, you can say, <laughs> so so um, when the free skating was... A kind of still not defined style. Uh, we had a lot of different skates with longer flames, like Salomon was making short, uh, sorry, not short, but low, long frames for, for the some of their um, Salomon FSK models. Like they had like 255 millimeters, 80 millimeters max wheel frame, and they also had um the uh, composite one which was of the same length but even lower as it, it took the 76 millimeter wheels and the even the rollerblade twister which was previously um a technica twister was like 260 millimeters i think Initially, then they uh, changed the frame when the rollerblade merged with the Technica. The twister was uh, changed, and they changed the frame. But it it wasn't the 243 millimeter frame uh, from the start. Like it was 250 at the beginning, and then it, they made it shorter. And the reason why all of the brands started making the 80 millimeter frames as short as possible was freestyle slalom because in year 2004 i would say 2005 
the freestyle sound was like really booming. They were like really growing and a lot of competition has started to take place and the hardware has not kept up the pace, I would say. Like it wasn't until 2006 or seven, I think, when the first uh, freestyle slalom skates, the specialized one, were released. I think it was the Seba High. And, you know, like everyone was skating on the hard boot free skates by yes. then. So, so yeah, so the the companies followed the money. They wanted to have the freestyle slalom skaters on their boots. So, you know, like they they were making the short French because the freestyle slalom needed it. And to this day, if you will uh, take a look what skates people are buying when they are state, uh, starting with the slalom, most of the time is the hard boot free skate because it's cost efficient, I would say. Like yes. it's uh, a good quality and you know like to, to the price ratio and uh, it, it makes sense you know what i always call to that it's like a cinema camera <laughs> you buy the the basic you, the camera is not the most important thing is about the components that you put after so you can buy something that yeah. you can start putting other components such as other other frames other wheels other bearings you start learning and then later on you can actually buy a boot if you want a different boot yeah which is not a big thing in slalom because no brands are selling just boots that's actually something that could do a, think, that could be a whole podcast i think i think that power slide sells but you know uh, you are like locked to the trinity frames anyway so you cannot no they're not i don't think other. anyone is selling boots the, some shops do have deals because they break in the full, the complete skates, but other, I think they had a couple of, they had a couple of towels, but even if you go on the catalog, you won't see just the boot. I'm pretty sure that they sell the Hardcore Evo Trinity as a boot only option, and they did it with the next skate also, with the hard boot. They, they were selling the uh, boot only, and I know that because I got the boot only okay. version. Okay, but the, so, the next is not a slalom skate. <laughs> yeah, the next is not a slalom skate. Yeah, so, <laughs> so great to see. So anyway, back back on topic. Like you know, like uh, when you think about the freestyle slalom, is it's for me, it's a total opposite of of the u urban skating or f free skating in general, because you are limited to a relatively small space, and you want the skates to be as agile as possible between the cons at the cost of stability. But yes. when you are skating in the city, when you are doing jumps, when you are doing sharp turns and so on, you want stability and you want speed. And so when you're dealing frames, with dangerous, dangerous situations, such as going between cars, between people, you don't want to fall. Yeah. And the yeah, short wheelbase, the short so. wheelbase, as you're saying, like, just for someone listening to this, if they don't get it at first, a short wheelbase would make it a lot easier, like a lot easier for you to fall forwards and backwards. And especially if you use a, a real freestyle frame, which is usually rockered, 
meaning that the two middle wheels are usually lower or some people, because they don't have those frames, they just, just, they just use smaller wheels in the front and back. That makes it even worse, meaning that you don't want to skate fast through a road with that. That's basically it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like it's always been the case that there were skates on the market with the longer frames and the bigger wheels. But, you know, like in the early days when I started skating, when I was looking for advice which skates to buy, everyone was telling me like, uh, there's no point in getting the uh, skates with bigger wheels and longer frames because it's harder to turn on them. Like you will have a harder time to to learn how to control them, and most likely you will end up skating the freestyle slalom anyway because that's everyone what everyone does. Really, like, and <laughs> you gotta stay on the day. cones. You gotta stay on the cones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you know, like and to this day, you know this this kind of lie that it's hard to turn on the longer frames is it, like going around over the internet on the forums or on the reddit and everywhere like so so yeah so i would say that yes it is true that it is harder to turn on the longer frame but it's not something hard if you are especially if you are a bit experienced in skating you will get it in no time like i was amazed how much agile can even the 30 centimeters, it's 305 millimeters frame. And I have no problem skating in the crowded areas, in the city, doing short tours, anything. Like, and the skating experience is so much better. It's so much. It and there's one thing. So much for me. There's one other thing. If you're one of those, I'm going to bring the slides again. If you're going to be one of those that do slides, it's a yeah. lot more stable. It's like, have you ever seen anyone doing um, a slide in the snow with with those very short skis compared with the long skis? It's just completely different. Yeah. Like the long skis are a lot more stable. And it's just like that. But also not just that, not that the frame is longer, but the number of wheels also make a huge difference. And the number of wheels make a difference not just because it makes it more stable or not, but the number of wheels... How can I explain this? Let me... The num More wheels meaning less space in between wheels. Less space in between, meal, in between wheels means more points more pivot points so yeah if you have three wheels only you only have two pivot points they would be in between the second and the first and between the second and the third if you like let's imagine that your first and second wheel start getting a bit more used after skating a week meaning that the middle wheel becomes a pivot point i truly believe that was the best for turning I truly believe, and that's how I felt, because I felt really good with them. I felt I could turn very easy, and that was it. That was the thing. So I felt like 
I could lean forward and be on a short wheelbase and lean back and still be on a short wheelbase. And, and the rockering would be so minimum that it's not like a freestyle slalom thing that you fall backwards, you know? Yeah. But That's... when I started skating with the four wheels again, then I had three of these pivot points. I had a space between the first and second. Then I had a space between the second and third and a space between the third and fourth. And these spaces are a lot shorter. And that makes the skate a lot, like a lot more maneuverable. But because this rockering, even when you buy a flat frame, and that's what I felt with the Adapt frame, the Adapt 4x90, you started skating them with new wheels after a week, you somehow made that thing that Leon called the natural rockering. It's probably not, not sure the same rockering. it's probably not the same shape of rockering or not the same rockering, but I'm calling it natural rockering because that's what I did just from skating. Meaning that one week later I could actually turn easier than when they were new. And I actually felt if I would lean forward I would feel more on the front two wheels and I could lean back and stay more on the back two wheels. But the distance, the rockering was so minimal that I wouldn't fall backwards, you know? So it would feel stable as a long frame and maneuverable as a four-wheel frame, if that makes sense. So for me... Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> and that's probably where Leon... Yeah, it's for sure. That's why Leon created a five-wheel frame. It's trying to take this to an extreme by adding one pivot point and making these pivot points lower because then instead of going with four times 100 as he was using with the Wizards, is now doing 476s or 580s. He even tried smaller 72s, I think, to, to, to make us... The whole thing is adding more pivot points. The more pivot points, the more control you can have on your skate. So maybe in the future we're going to have a whole skate just with anti-rockers. <laughs> maybe with 10 anti-rockers. <laughs> You know, uh, one thing we haven't covered yet is um, the wheelbase for pushing. Like, the longer the wheelbase is, the your push can be stronger and more efficient. And for this sure. Is why, and this is why uh, even with three wheels, speed skaters still use the long frames. Like, with three wheels, the maximum wheel size right now in competition is 125 so you can fit three times 125 wheels in the 255 millimeter frame but no one skates like that in the speed skating world they all use the longer frames but that's for two reasons of this. we actually covered it already not the push yeah. part you're talking about the the stride having a, a stronger push stride, to have like yeah. a better stride but we also said, when I spoke about Joey Mantai, I actually said that he was talking about making cycling, like cycle movements, like movements smooth all the way. And if you have, at those speeds, if you have a short frame, all the movements would be crazy fast, like crazy, crazy fast. Also leverage, because if your front wheel is far from your toe area, every little movement that you do with your ankle will multiply. I don't really know the formula, but you can imagine pushing right underneath your yeah. toe or pushing like 
five centimeters or even seven or eight in front of your toe. Like that, that would multiply, I don't know for how much, but it would be for sure a lot more. So maybe we need yeah. a longer, <laughs> we need skis. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like what's, what's also interesting that there's this effect that I have noticed with, with this frame I have, because it's not made for the 165 mounting and for the imperial boot especially it's not it doesn't sit like centered under the boot it's like a little bit not by much like half a centimeter uh, off to the back so it's like the wheel at the back sticks out more than at the front that gives you more stability and no yes but also i can like lean on last two wheels like it's more, I would say, like I have a higher degree of control how much of my balance I want to push on my heels, mm -hmm. like how how much I can lean on those last wheels. And this makes all difference when controlling the skate. And I remember that a few years back we have spoke about the Mega Cruiser frames and I complained to you that I don't like how they stick stick out to the front like uh, the last axle is not even directly beneath your mm -hmm. heel. I remember that. Push, like, push, push really forward. And you said that this makes uh, the skate more maneuverable and you kind of like it. But, you know, like... The way I look at it, it's like it's almost like this type of setup is a digital one. So, so you can have like on and off. You can, if you lean too too much on your heel, the wheels will simply slip out. And, yes. You know, like with with what I have in my current setup, it's like more of like a gradual level of control so i have several like levels of how exactly much I can lean on those wheels the, those are the pivot points that i were talking about yeah. that even if you have a flat yeah. setup you can somehow still feel the front two the middle two or the back two now there is something that we yeah. didn't spoke but that is that is actually important increasing the length of the frame meaning having a longer frame usually for urban skating feels a lot better a lot more so feels a lot better if you have a more supportive boot Ooh, meaning yeah. if you can have a higher cuff it makes a difference with my micro delta f's when i got um, the endless frames the 100s i put the 100s and it's it's a it's a low carbon frame and a built-in liner and it didn't felt bad, but I was like, let me just try to put the, the cuff from the MT Plus, which is a much taller frame. And I did try it. And when I did try it, it felt so much better. Now, the next problem came. Can you hear me, Camel? Sorry. Yeah, I can Sorry. hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> so the, ne the next problem yeah. came, which was... Now, the liner that I have on my skates that is a built-in liner, it's too small. And that's, that's no. when I had to gut it and all that. I don't, 
it's maybe a new skate coming you never know yeah so so um i watched a video uh, of uh, joe from mushroom braiding uh, several um, days ago when he's talking about uh, three different wizard frame frame types like the 90s the hundreds and uh, 110s mm-hmm. and uh, he mentioned that to take a full advantage of the 110s you need uh, like a really stiff and supportive boot especially in the calf area and even his uh, seba SX, the gutted Seba SX with the intuition liner would be too and low. The fresh calf was, was, <laughs> and it wasn't even uh, the issue of height, but how uh, flexible the calf was. Like he, he thought like to f- take a full advantage of that, uh, that frame, he would need to have a stiffer calf. So yes, that's why I they put that huge red liner from Intuition. But it's not just because of the height of the frame; it's because the three, the four times one ten, it's also a lot longer. Yeah, and that's why exactly. when Leon so, skated with the five times, the five times one hundred, at first they were experiencing with crazy liners at first. Because for you to be able yeah. to pivot on the front two wheels on a five times 100, you need a setup that comes almost to your knee, attached to your knee pads. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I think about wizard frames, like how important they are for, for the skating, it kind of amazed me, like, why Leon has not... Uh, tried to make the frames for the different mounting systems like the Enders frames are now because you know like with the UFS and we have spoke about this already uh, not on the podcast with the UFS there are there are not many boots that will you know like work properly with this type of frame mm. basically if you want the best case scenario you need to go to the for the Seba SX boot with the Intuition Liner and anything other will be just like wasting the frame's potential. Yes. Because the aggressive skates are not as stiff and not as supportive as the free skates. There's other boot. There is other boot, which is the K2 boot. The K2 natural seems... they're unnatural, but they are not made those anymore. So, you know, like it will be even harder to, to come by. So I, I w- always thought that he will make the wizard for 165 millimeter mounting, especially that he's pretty close to universe skate and uh, in the good relation with, with Seba. So I thought that this is what's coming next, but it never did. And well, kinda like, maybe he's you know, been like, told that you would have a boot specifically for the frame, and maybe it's coming out. I've heard about like some wizard boot for a while. <laughs> I've been hearing about a wizard yeah. boot for a while, so we'll see. Yeah. So there were even some leaks, I think, online. Like this was looking more like the Seba High Carbon but in UFS or something like this, or like tricks, I don't remember this this um, that well. But I recall that like 
two years or three years ago, something like this was floating. And you saw that he was experiencing a lot with a lot of things. I don't know if you remember when he first, I don't know if he ever thought of making a Trinity frame too. I don't know. But there was a lot of, there was some time that he was experiencing, which he still does when he skates off-road. Leon still skates with some hardcore evil with three times when 50s. But he experienced with a lot of stuff. And you can see, like, um, last year I remember on, on his stories, for someone who doesn't know what we're talking about, if you follow, like, Leon Leon Bassin on Instagram, on his yeah. stories he posts a lot of stuff that he tries sometimes. And one of the things that he was trying last year was different systems for the 45-degree strap instead of just that ratchet buckle or the strap he was using different stuff. Yeah. So, you know, like there are people who say that Endless Frames has just copied what Leon did, but I would say like it's a fair game, like, you it's, know. But it's not. It's completely like, different. Like, yes. Yeah, it's, it's I, I would say that even if this was like a copy, like Leon had like five, six years to came out with his own version of 165 millimeter mounting frames. And he didn't, so like there was an empty space in the market. And if you think about this, like the endless frames make a lot more sense cost-wise for most people because and, and? Uh, because, sorry, because sorry. they will work with much, uh, much wider variety of boots. Like you can even like buy a cheap, let's say. RB80 cruiser skate, which is like a budget free skate from from Railbraid, and attach the endless frame to this, and bang, you have a really good setup for this type of skating. So, yeah, so it's still a premium frame, like it's not a budget option, but you can like lower the cost of the whole setup with the cheaper boot, I would say, like, and still have a good time with this. I'm as an, I can give you an example. I do have a pair of Wizard 100s, and I love them. I do love them as a as a UFS boot. Now I don't have the best experience with the Saber skates that I have with these ones, and I'm not. It's nothing against Saber because I the first ones that I had were the FRA. It wasn't the FRA, mm-hmm. but it was something that had the sole plate. But it was customized, but something that would be like the FR, and I love them. They felt very, very good. With these ones, it's probably because I try to downsize, and that's why I maybe I think they're too small for me. That's the problem. But I didn't find a boot that I enjoyed for that skate, especially because of comfort. I was skating and I've been skating with those Delta Fs that I really enjoy. And even with the cheap skates from Micro, those MT Plus, the affordable ones. And when I got uh, the endless frames, I actually got the three, the three different ones. I got the 84s, I got the 90s and the 100s. And I love every single one of them. And to be honest with you, at first, I thought I would never use the three times. 100, 3 times 110, and the 3 times 110 on the other ones, which also fits 125. Not a lot of people know, but on the on some boots, including the Delta F, you yeah. can put 3 times 125. The thing that I like the most is they actually feel 
there's a lot of boots for that style of frame, like a slight rockered frame. Okay, it's a super high quality frame, but then when you put three wheels, and they can even be the same wheels, they're gonna give you a completely different roll. So with the exact same frame, you can have completely different setups. Imagine you have the 90s. You can skate with the 490s, or if you want, you just change the two wheels in the middle for one in the middle, and then you have a 390s, and it's going to be completely different. So you go somewhere for distance, you put the 390s. You get there, you want to do some tricks, you put, you take one wheel from the backpack, you put the four. This might be a weird thing, but it's very easy because it's just a one bolt from one side to the other. And those three wheels, it's what we were talking before, because they have big space in between between them, like yeah. between the first and second and the second and third. It's just a very stable setup that you can actually push and go fast. And man, it's just a, it's just a fast setup, a good one to to move around the city, to commute, whatever. But then if you want to do a couple of tricks or if you want to just be more agile, you put the other wheel and you're on. And it's it's very slight, the rockering. It's, it's not the same as the wizard, but it's similar somehow. But it's... Yeah. Even if it didn't have the rockering, I would love them anyway because it's just like I was skating the four times ninety from Adapt, those um, what's that? Symmetrics nineties, and I love them. Like after skating a week, every every frame becomes natural rockering. Yeah, and you know, like what we are talking about the wizards and the endless, but those frames are like. The, especially the wizard frames, because I think that wizard frames cost like two times the price of the endless, if not more. When it's two you, times, one uh, is four hundred, the other one, yeah, one is one eighty nine, yeah. one ninety nine. Yeah, it's two and a bit. Yeah, like, two, two and a bit. Like you know, like this type of frame is amazing, but we need to have like cheaper options available on the market because we quite often forget that skaters are all over the world, not just in the wealthy north like Europe and North America. So the, you know, like uh, there's a guy who is posting on the big wheel braiding uh, group. Uh, He's from Brazil. I don't really know what he's talking about, but because I don't don't know don't know Spanish, but it's, it's Portuguese. It's Portuguese. Some, it's speak Portuguese. In Brazil, they speak um, Portuguese. He speaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So so he is doing uh, reviews of these cases they have available on the Brazilian market, and you know, like they have like a crazy tax on the imported goods. So. And yes. not to mention that lower wages. So, like those people are stuck with the lower quality case, like the cheapest options from the um, more known brands, and like the cheap Chinese-made case. There, there so, is good so brands in Brazil. There is good brands in Brazil. Like, as an example, no, no, there is Power Slide and Rollerblade. They have the same distributor, which is Rolling Sports. Uh, Seba is in Brazil. Now, Micro yeah. is about to get in Brazil yeah. too. No, the thing is, they are not for everyone. And basically, no. we 
I think a lot of the people know too that Brazil is not the wealthiest country in the world. Like, there's a lot of very rich people, but there's maybe not as much of medium wage people than as you have in yeah. any other in like Europe and North America, as you were saying. So those local brands that they make actually do good. Now the biggest problem is that most of the times those local brands what they do it's those four times 80s at 243 because it's they buy open molds and open molds usually that's what happens so yeah at the same time i understand leon trying to man if it was his creation i fully understand that he's trying to make it premium and he has a certain branding that he wants to be related to his brand but at the same time i also understand what you were saying which is for skating in general something like that would actually be beneficial for skating but then you have companies like as an example power slide the 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 frame that they just came out with that the trimax frame that trimax frame can be adjusted to be something amazing by just changing the spacers the investment is minimum yeah is minimal by changing the because what i think about that frame is it it's actually like not the trimax i'm sorry the new one what's the name of it um you know which one i'm talking about the four times the 90. flux <laughs> the flux yeah the flux the, the yeah but even price. the trimax either the either the flux with both the flux and the trimax both from kaiser they are both frames that for plastic frames they feel very very stiff most of the people when i made a review on the on both of them people complain yeah but it's a plastic frame it does not feel like a plastic frame it's a very very stiff yeah. plastic people that know the aggressive frames from kaiser they might know that the frames from kaiser are usually stiff but they did something with these big wheel ones that they are even stiffer they do not feel like plastic at all But then the rocker spacers on the flux it's too extreme in my opinion. So Yeah, like uh, so this is what I al also wanted to talk about in regards to that frame like the rocker spacers are are pretty weird because they are like a little triangles, yeah? Mm -hmm. So you can have the position position them down, but the way the holes are placed in the frame you have like one down position and then you have two up positions like there one is will a little bit to the front and the other exactly. is a little bit to the back but they are on the same level so so when i discovered that i dropped the jurgen email that guys if you will rotate the hole for the spacer at 90 degrees counterclockwise you will have three positions like up middle and and down so that would make more sense and like Jurgen has said that he will pass this feedback to Matthias because this is his pet project mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully but I really hope that they will uh, incorporate this change into the frame design because that would make the frame yeah, a, so a slight a slight angle rotation in the in that hole for this but even like I said even if they invest, if they don't want to change the molds by just giving even if they just give you different options of spacers 
They can just give you different op yeah. option of spacers. Imagine if the frame comes with two different spacers, the flat and the rocker or the slight rocker. You can just do a very minimal investment and that frame changes completely to something yeah, very cool. That's, so, that's, yeah. That also is possible. <laughs> I think that they also should make the UFS version honestly because you know like we have been talking about like there are not many ufs boots suitable for this type of skating but if the frame will be cheap enough a lot of people will pick it up simply to try to get a taste of this kind of setup and if they will like it they will be more keen on spending more money on the premium option like the endless frame and or proper wizard setup and this is where power slides should also play the game smart and in my opinion they should also came up with the higher end frame other than flux you know like make a aluminium frame with the rocker ring yeah. of this type so like you mean a, you like mean flux. a trinity yeah. you mean a trinity four times or whatever yeah yeah, exactly. they 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 now came out with the four nineties, but it's one of those affordable ones. Yeah, and this is a flat frame. Like, I think that you can have a lot of fun with the flat frame. You just need to take your time to wear the wheels down to get yeah. this natural rocker feel. And there are plenty of affordable options on the market, like Power Slide, for example, for one hundred sixty-five mounting. They make like the entry-level speed skating frames for kids but it can also be used by adults it's called rapid i think mm -hmm. and it takes it takes four times 90s on or three times hundreds so it's also a hybrid frame but it's it's a flat frame but you know like if someone is on the i can teach them how to do it alternative it's very easy yeah. you take the middle wheels you do 10 power slides one leg and then you take the middle <laughs> wheels of the other one and then you do 10 power slides and then you stick the middle wheels back in and then you got a natural rocket <laughs> that's it's true it yeah. just works now of course don't do it in marble because <laughs> that won't do anything to your wheels <laughs> and I, I guess that's yeah. it do you have anything else that you want to talk we've been doing this for no, i think i think we for over an hour now so yeah so i think we are good <laughs> yeah i'm happy i'm so happy with the yeah, with where we came you know what like we, uh, now it's just funny because i'm just looking at this I, I googled felix to try to to spell his last name before we start this and then i saw the last the next tab that i had on my google chrome is icarus have you seen icarus on netflix no i haven't so check it out. We can talk about that later. It's about yeah. the Russian. Okay. It's about the Russian doping scandal, and I do not see Felix related to anything like that. But watch the movie, and then we can talk one day about that. Okay. <laughs> and that is it. So, uh, you want to say any last words? <laughs> any last words? Good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. <laughs> So it's right now for me, it's, it's, it's almost 12 for you. It's one hour more. Yeah, it's almost one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's time to go to bed, really. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, guys. So to everyone listening to this, I hope you guys enjoyed. We were geeking out a bit. We were having good time. It's usually um, Camille as this segment, the geeking out segment. But today it would make sense to make the full episode with him. So I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. And if you did, well, this is becoming a more this is becoming a more cost like a uh, something that I'm doing more often. So if you're enjoying it, well. Here's what you got to do. You can go to the platform where you're listening to these, either Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, or you can subscribe to us on Spotify or any other platform. And, well, pretty sure if more people start following what we're doing, that platform will start sharing our content with more people and suggesting our content to more people. And the goal here. It's to inform more and more people about scaling. So if you enjoy this, that is it. Now, what I always say either on my videos or even, or even on this podcast, just never, ever forget why we all started scaling. And that, that is because it's fun. Cheers and speak to you soon. <laughs>